This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Well, welcome to the Extra Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here at Southridge Church, and I'm with Scott Beha, our lead pastor. And Sunday, we kicked off our For the Future series. It has been a journey to get to this point, and we are finally here now. Um, And you shared Sunday a little bit about the journey, but tell us um, how this journey has been for Mm -hmm. you and maybe some key moments along the way that have given you the confidence that the time is now? Um, I I think it's... I've known long before um, I was in the position that I'm currently in that this was something that was going to have to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Um, We teach it in Financial Peace University. We live it in our own lives of how damaging debt can be. Yeah. Um, And that it's very difficult to be like as an individual like who has still has debt that we're working on Mm -hmm. um and has had like it's hard to be who you want to be and be the family that you want to be if Mm -hmm. you're saddled by debt it's the same thing as a church being saddled by debt has even though southridge church like compare like i get it like like 90 percent of churches never reach the 200 mark Mm -hmm. I, i i get that um like we had almost 20 baptisms yesterday most people don't fill up their baptistry in a given year. I, yeah. So it's like even with all this good stuff, <clears throat> there's this like shadow side to the mm-hmm. ministry that goes like, yeah, but this church is, has been very um, blessed, but yet also very burdened by the financial situation here because we have a great facility. We have a great mm-hmm. campus up here, but it has always cost a lot of money. Yeah. And... When you, a lot of times when you have a church like, like us, when we're reaching new people, mm-hmm. um, money doesn't always necessarily follow real quickly right. with that. Yeah. As well as just being a church in Charleston, West Virginia, or South Charleston, West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, people are much more rapidly leaving here than they are coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been very difficult. And so I, I knew it was something that was going to have to happen because for me, it was... It's, it's a weird thing because I know other people will come by and be like, wow, that happened early. But when I hit 30 years old, mm-hmm. I felt like this immense pressure that if I want my life to matter and working in a situation where the church I was at is financially handicapped from being able to do that, as well as feeling like I'm I say this publicly, but again, it feels out of my control that I'm called to Southridge for life. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Lord wants, but it's always his prerogative to do whatever he mm-hmm. wants. That I was like, I, those two things are not meshing well. This, like, yeah. what I feel like is a very long-term call here, here mm-hmm. as well as like, okay, Scott, do you want the only thing that you do in your 30-year tenure here? Like, I took... Um, the lead pastor role as the associate or as the co-lead pastor when I was like 32. It was 2015. Yeah, well, so I was the beginning of 2016. I, I was say. 30 yeah. or 32, somewhere around there. 
and then took the lead pastoring role when I was around 34, 35, just by myself. And I was like, if I've got 30 years to do this and we have a 30-year mortgage, I don't want my tenure to just be all just paying off debt. I want us to be able to go and to do and to be what God has called us to. Like, I want to be able to say yes whenever opportunities come or when um, challenges arise. I want us to be prepared for that. Like, if if there's another community where we need to plant a church or where we need to start a second location or there's a school that needs us to step in and help with a situation Mm -hmm. or a family, like, whatever it is, I want us to be able to say yes to that. I don't want my only accomplishment in my ministry to be, well, you paid off the debt finally, just in time for probably, you know, in 30 years' time for the whole building to need redone again, right? I just don't want that Mm -hmm. to be my story. And it was one of those things where I was telling our elders, I'm like, look, I don't know why about 30 years old I felt this. Because I know a lot of people feel that at like 40 and 50, Mm -hmm. but at like 30 I started feeling this clock start ticking Mm -hmm. really hardcore. Like, hey, you need to, something significant needs to happen in your life. Like, you need to. And and this was it. I was like, look, if if this church can get debt free in the next three years, then my last twenty five of ministry here mm-hmm. can really be a gigantic yes to whatever God puts in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I can know that at the end of my time I've handed this church off better mm-hmm. um to the next person mm-hmm. than what it was handed to me. And that's not to say anything negative about the people that have right. come before me. This is just the reality of the situation. Right. Like we were handed, everyone is handed a situation. I just want to make sure I hand it off even better than what it was given yeah. to me. And so not to be negative, you know, or I love the people that have come previous on our elder boards, our former pastors mm-hmm. and all that. And they've done a fantastic job of getting this church to where it is. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take that legacy of what they've done and make it even better for the next person mm-hmm. um, in line here for the future, for the, for the, for the kids that are in our children's ministry that I think some of them may one day serve on staff here. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them will be the next I mean, pastor here. Carter says Who, he wants to be a pastor of the church. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, both of my <laughs> kids kind of waffle back and forth on that yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, but it's like, I, I, at the right. very least, if they, if they remain in, in, in this area, mm-hmm. I want this to be a church that they want to be a part of right. for the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want it to be a church that has to say no to opportunities mm-hmm. Because they're saddled by, saddled by this debt. Right. And, and truth be told, like there's there's companies and calculators out on the internet that mm-hmm. do stuff like this. Like if you were to go and look at the giving potential for a church our size, mm-hmm. like a million dollars is actually a, a drop in the bucket of what a a group of people our size could actually go and pay off over three years while still maintaining the budget of the church. Which is why I think that we are going to absolutely um, see this debt. Um, just completely done away with yeah. in three years. And then we'll be able to really put our eyes on the the future because it, I kind of stumbled onto it in our sermon mm-hmm. yesterday. And it's something that, like, people have, people ask me this all the time. Like, what Scott, what is your vision for Southridge Church? What is your – and I, I'll just be honest. Like, I know some people would have a quick answer to that, all oh, this, I want this, 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 and this, and this, and this. I've never had a good answer for that mm-hmm. um, because I know the challenges of where we're at right now to go. I, I can't hardly think about where we're going right. because we've never dealt with where we've been. Like we, yeah. we are just carrying this thing around yeah. so long that it's hard for me to see the future. Mm-hmm. 
because we haven't dealt with the past. Yeah. And I think whenever that takes place, then I think God will be able to show me what's mm-hmm. next for Southridge Church. Yeah. But we've always been trying to live into the future now without taking care of our past. And, like, and we mm-hmm. just can't do that. That's like the, like the young person that um, as soon as they get out of college, they want to live like their parents are mm-hmm. living, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years down the road. They're trying to live into the future, and, and, and they're trying to jump all those steps. It's like, right. no, listen, you got to take care of you got to get yourself ready for that. And and that's a step that this church has never made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, at one point, yes, this debt was down under half a million dollars, but then they grew. Yep. But they didn't have the finances. They had to go back into further debt to take care of the, yeah. uh, to take care of the growth, which is exactly, if I was the leader at that time, that's exactly what I would have done. Right. So, again, it's no criticism against the past. It's just now it's time for us to face it and go, something has to be done. Mm-hmm. Something has to be done so that we can be a church that our community cannot live without. Like that, that for me has just become so clear because it, 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 I want it to, I want the people of Southridge Church to understand that's what for the future is about. Money is, is, is the thing that is holding us back from being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the point of for the future. Like for the future is like, I, I want us to be a church that can actually solve problems in our community that like when you're saddled up with your own debt Mm -hmm. like for me personally right for you personally for anyone Mm -hmm. in our church if you're saddled up personally with your own debt yeah it's pretty hard for you to go and help your neighbor right yeah if 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 you if the lord like tapped you on the shoulder and was like hey you know miss morris down the road she's a single mom three kids i want you to go buy her kids school clothes if you're saddled by your own debt the lord can't even call you to that right can't even say that to you yeah. And it's the same for us. Like right now, this fall, we're going to feed 100 families for Christmas break. Yeah. That could easily be 250, right. 300, 500 families yeah. if it were not for the fact that we're going to spend this amount of money on um, a mortgage this year. Yeah. And, and that's not to mention also just like so what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. It's not just the giving towards the actual campaign, mm-hmm. but also just teaching about regular giving. Right. That's where we're headed this weekend yeah. is it's not just, hey, let's pay off this big thing because that's, that's only going to free up, you know, our mortgage in a given year is somewhere between, depending on interest rate and, and all that, 65000 uh, uh, 65, and 100000 a year. Now, that's a ton of ministry dollars. Yeah. It's a ton of, I mean, especially if yeah. if you could see – the shoestring budget by which Southridge mm-hmm. Church makes ministry happen. Yeah. 65000 to 100000 going into ministry budget. And that's, that's, that's my goal. It's not, to, yeah. it's not, hey, let's free this up so the way we can um, get those lights that move around our room. And let's, let's yeah. free this up so we can get cooler stuff or right. whatever. It's, yeah. it's not that at all. It's like, hey, let's actually have a budget mm-hmm. um, that – um, addresses issues of hunger in our community yeah. and not just we're able to help in, in, in small ways, but like what are some of the systemic issues that are leading mm-hmm. to this? Like can we begin to help people get um, resumes written so the mm-hmm. way they can get jobs? Right. Can we start providing clothing for people to go to job interviews? Mm-hmm. Can we um, get counseling available to people yeah. who are struggling mentally yeah. and that's the thing that's keeping them impoverished because they can't go and get a job because they can't get yeah. the, like this is the type of stuff I'm talking yeah. about as a church like when you got 65,000 you can start dreaming of a counseling yeah. center 
that starts to fix the mental health crisis and the addiction crisis in our community. Mm -hmm. You can start dreaming about not just a a food pantry, but a full-on food um, distribution model throughout a whole county Mm -hmm. that, like, it's... You can now start dreaming bigger, like like we're we're all going to memorize this Ephesians three twenty yeah. to twenty one, bigger than what we could ever ask or even imagine, mm-hmm. and that's not available to us right yeah. now. Like, but if you went and looked at the stuff that South Research does in our mm-hmm. community right now, we're you know we are one of the leaders in our community of yeah. what we're able to do. And that, but I'm saying that it's going to be even bigger. Mm-hmm. It's going to be unreal what we are going to be able to do when we are financially free. Yeah, I mean it's. And for me, it doesn't, it doesn't have much to do with Sunday mornings. And, and that's right. what yesterday's sermon was all about. Like, yeah. listen, we're not doing this so the way we can get, you know, whatever, right. more toys to play with up here for your one hour a week. Right. Now, is that going to be part of it? Yes. Yeah. But Jesus didn't come. Jesus in Luke 4 did not come. And his point was not, Israel, you're not going to get anything out of this. Mm-hmm. No, you were, you, Israel, you were always blessed to be a blessing. You were always going to be part of the promise. Mm-hmm. And so is the church, like, do I hope that um, when this is paid off that maybe we could do something about that hideous white van? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> hope that <laughs> like do do I do I hope that there's some stuff around our building like a new roof yeah. uh like paving the the gravel yeah. parking lot yeah do, yes yes you you will benefit from this I'm not saying mm-hmm. but I'm also saying that we are going to create a ministry center mm-hmm. here yeah that is going to meet needs in our community yeah. that should Southridge church ever not exist it would be a church that our community goes, that's not good that they're not there. Yeah. That is the whole goal of all of this. Yeah. My goal is that that even the people in our community that do not agree with us theologically or even mm-hmm. if our people that don't share our worldview would at least see this church as a net positive to their community. Mm-hmm. That's the type of church that I want to be a part of. Yeah. I don't want to just be a church that we have really cool Sunday morning services. Right. Because truth be told, we could just keep doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out a way to make budget. We'll make the mortgage payments. When the interest rate goes up, we'll figure out a way to make it work. And we'll just keep having nice Sunday morning services. And we'll just keep doing outreach mm-hmm. the way we've been doing it. And it's been effective. Mm-hmm. And it'll just stay nice, safe, and small. Compared, and I say that compared to what it could be, because right. I understand what we are doing is a lot more than what some churches are, are yeah. doing. And not to be a criticism to them, it's just a, a, a more of a commendation to our people and to our church. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I want someone to catch the vision of like, yeah. what could be yeah. if we could really yeah. like get free. Yeah. Like we, we finally deal with our crap, then mm-hmm. we can help people deal with their crap. Yeah, it's like we've asked this question before, like amongst staff or amongst other people, like, hey, if resources were mm-hmm. of no, like if you didn't have to worry about resources, resources yeah. were unlimited, whether that's money, time, people, whatever, like what would you dream of doing? Yep. And I think that's the kind of like thought process we have to have of like, Hey, if the resources are there, if we don't have to worry about this, like, what could we do? I mean, I just think about, about that. Like there, there are some people that are doing some cool, cool work like that. Like Mm. we've made partnerships through some of the outreaches that we do already to see that there are, there are 
people that are set up to help. Like um, there's Dress for Success that helps with with Recovery Point and other mm-hmm. recovery places to help give them the clothing so that they could go do the interview stuff um, to yep. get back into society. There, there are things like that. And when you find those partnerships and then are able to like help support them, whether exactly. that's financially or giving them the items they need, then they're able to do even more. Like, cause it's, it's not just about South or church. It's, it's about us as a community working together to do those things yes. and to be in partnership with one another yeah, you're not for the greater a, good. You're not going to find like, many nonprofits that are going to go like, oh, yeah, man, we're flush with cash, man. Right. right. <laughs> like, yeah, I no, mean, that's like, not yeah. like, the way that we will be able to partner with people mm-hmm. that are, are make that no, they have the expertise. Mm-hmm. We don't have, I don't, like when, yeah. when people do ask me, they're like, what's your vision? I'm like, my vision is just to help people. Yeah. But I don't actually know all the ins and outs of that. But mm-hmm. there are people that are skilled in that in our community mm-hmm. that we could partner with them and resource yes. them um, yeah. in ways that we've yet to even begin to think about. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, – I'm very, very excited for that, yeah. even though I understand that over the next three years um, it's going to be a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of people probably come and go as as a result of it because it, the ask is going to be very big. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think a church our size just gets it done. Like, yeah, I think that's what we've seen like over and over again in the past. I mean, we've we've had you know situations and moments where there's something like take the projectors for instance. We had a couple of weeks where we had no projector projection in here. Mm-hmm. And then somebody sees a need and they just give. Like, we have some of the most generous people in this building, I believe, like, that come here on a Sunday. But it all goes back to that, like, not being so Sunday-minded that you're no Monday good. Like, to remember that, like, Sunday happens, but the rest of the week happens, too. And there are real needs and real issues at play within everybody's life. So that, like, if we can help meet those needs, if we can help... um, them with those those problems with the I mean we see the mental health crisis that has been going on for a while now where there's just like people need research like need help but mm-hmm. there's not enough caregivers for that there's yep. not enough or resources to help pay for yeah those there's things. not enough just, resources to help pay for it 100%. you know I just I see that like I experienced that within our our my own household like has that going on and it's just there's so much and just to think about what could happen is just really mm-hmm. exciting. I th- like I looking back at Ephesians three twenty and 21, like you shared that and, and that we need to memorize it um, and really, you know, focus on that over this time. I see that and I get so excited because I really truly believe this. Like we talked about this in our staff meeting last week is that like, I'm excited to see how many people like the people who stick, the people who say, okay, I'm going to trust God in this. Like, I'm, I'm going to take a leap of faith and mm-hmm. like this is way out of my comfort zone to say like I'm going to give this much money or I'm going to do that. But like to see God come through in that, I think we're going to see at the end of this three years, we're going to see a group of people who have such increased faith mm-hmm. and increased trust in God that they're going to be some of those people who lead the way for true change mm-hmm. in our community. Um but so in in regards to like memorizing scripture and especially with Ephesians, why is it, why does the act of memorizing, repeating, praying through scripture matter so much for a believer, especially this scripture for our church body? It, 
it's all about the fact that humans are forgetful. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like because if I if I ask you if God is faithful to do these sorts of things, you probably say yes. But that's because I asked you. Mm-hmm. When you're in the middle of a crisis and someone's not asking you, mm-hmm. then your faith in that starts to to wane. And whatever is hidden inside of you will ultimately come out in those moments of stress. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're doing this. I want everyone to memorize Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. That way when you're going, all right, I made this commitment to for the future that seems bigger than me. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Or, you know what, as part of my, because again, this is not just going to be about money. Or as part of the For the Future, I, I think I'm supposed to go work in our children's ministry, and that seems very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And I want you to remember that it is him working within you mm-hmm. who is able to accomplish more than you could ever ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. It's him working in you. So whenever you start to feel squeezed, whatever is in you is going to come out. And so I want you to have that. Like, is it Psalm 119? I, I don't know where it's at. That says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Yeah. So there's an element of memorizing scripture that helps keep us away from sin. But there's also an element that when you hide something in your heart, mm-hmm. it's there for you when you need it. Yeah. And that's why we need to memorize the scripture. Yeah, that's so good. So um, we will be doing that. But you taught from Luke 4, which was a fantastic use of this text, I believe. I got to teach this to kids a while back. But... Um, you, you used it to share how the time is now and how we can model after Jesus, Jesus' teaching for this yeah. time to be a church that's not just about insiders, but for the oppressed, the marginalized, the poor, the weary, the widows, orphans, the community. Um, what are some things that you can see for us as a church um, in the future? And like, what, what does this text really, because this was your opening text, mm-hmm. like what, what does this mean for us as a church going forward. Yeah. That what the Lord laid on my heart was the reason why you need to participate in the for the future initiative mm-hmm. is for those groups of people. Mm-hmm. You may not you may not be poor, you may not feel oppressed, you may not feel like a captive, but there are so many people in our community that are mm-hmm. and it's worth you sacrificing so the way they can get free. Yeah. And that that for me is is what I want our church to be about. We sacrifice so the way other people can be free. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has an issue with that, I would just say, I don't know, you may want to look at what Jesus did. Yeah. He sacrificed so you can be free. Yeah. And that's all I'm asking our church to do is sacrifice so other people can be free. Mm-hmm. That those who are spiritually and physically poor can yeah. find hope. Those that are spiritually and physically oppressed can find hope mm-hmm. and can find freedom. Those that are spiritually and physically in bondage mm-hmm. can find freedom. So that's going to look like what we do for people in recovery right now mm-hmm. is is good in comparison to what most churches do. Mm-hmm. But it is not even scratching the surface right. of what we will do in the future. Yeah. What we do to help with those that are hungry, what we do to help those that are poor right now is good in comparison to what mm-hmm. a lot of churches might do. Yeah. It is nothing in comparison to what we will do in the future. Yeah. Like our community, we will be a catalyst for. And the cool thing about like sometimes I've complained about doing ministry in West Virginia because I look at all these people with much bigger stages and much. Mm-hmm. Oh, they get invited to all these conferences and all this stuff. But the the heart here's here's the interesting thing. And somebody was I can't remember who was reminding me of this. Some some pastor was talking to me recently about this. If you were in Orange 
Orange County, California, you had a church of 20,000, you're not going to make much of a difference. Mm-hmm. But in Charleston, West Virginia, a church of 500 can actually can actually make a difference. Yeah. Like, because it, it, so it's like, even though sometimes it can be challenging here because there's not enough, not, not many people and people are constantly leaving to go other places, like, that you can actually, with a church our size, go mm-hmm. and change a whole community. Yeah. Like, you can go and actually start fixing systemic problems in your community. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of complaining about the poor, you can actually go, why are all these people stuck in mm-hmm. cycles of poverty, and yeah. how do we help actually free them yeah. in Jesus' name? What is going on that is leading to this? Mm-hmm. Or who are the oppressed people in our community? Yeah. And what is it that's holding them back from being all that God has called them to be? Yeah. And, and so that's, that, that is all I'm asking of our church, is that you would sacrifice mm-hmm. so that other people could be free. Yeah. And I think one of the things, I don't, I don't know that you really talked about this a lot, but um, within that text, like, we see that the people then became angry with Jesus, and they rejected yep. him. And I think during this, it's important to remember that part of it, that we're – with what we're going to be asking you to do mm-hmm. and with what some of us are going to be doing, we're going to be living a little different over the next three years. We're going to have to say no to some things that maybe um, people around us, maybe even family, like yeah. extended family or friends don't understand. They're like, hey, we're not going to be going out to eat with you. We'd love to go out to eat with you, but like yeah. we need to eat at home. So maybe could you come over to our house instead and we'll, we'll cook for cheaper, yeah. you know? Or I, like there are going to be some things like that that like, some people may not get it. They may not get that you might sell a car and give the money to like, and go down to one car. Like people, people like, this is something we're, we're praying through, but but for us, but like, like people aren't going to fully understand some of those things that aren't within this church building, um, that aren't being asked to do the same things. And to remember that it's okay if people don't get it. Yeah. Um, because not everybody got Jesus either. And, and so I think that's, like, something, like, so important to hold on to in those moments where it's, like, there might be some pushback or there might be some people who just don't get it and to know it's okay if they don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. Um, you do. And what we are to do is to just follow, like, our first and foremost calling is to follow Jesus. Yeah. And if he's telling you and calling you to do something with your finances or to give a certain amount— that's what you're that's what you're called to do like you do it and like who cares what anybody else thinks and it's not you know it's not up to anybody else to judge you know what you're giving like you it's between you and god if you don't give what he tells you to give that's between you and god if you give what he tells you that's between you and god like um knowing you're answering to him not those other people around you and remembering that you're in good company in that. Um, Pastor Scott, is there anything else from Sunday that you would like to share about or any parting thoughts for us today? Nope. I'm, I'm excited for the future, and yeah. I, I'm excited to see um, what God does in this series. Me too. Awesome. Make sure to remember to um, put down Ephesians 3, 20, and 21 for you to be meditating on, memorizing, praying through. And um, don't forget to, to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already as we drop new content every week. But we look forward to sharing more with you from our For the Future series next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.